Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Terry McDougall, who is an executive and career coach, as well as an author. Terry, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Tom? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Yeah, well, so um, I was a marketer for 30 years before I made a, a pivot and became the, a coach in 2017. Um, I worked mostly in financial services and at my last employer, I'd risen to head marketing for several of the businesses there. And uh, it's where I really recognized that I love coaching and mentoring. And so when I decided to make the change, that's what I made the change to. I'm also married and I've got three kids. Uh, my kids are 24, 22, so same age as you, <laughs> and uh, 18, so um, busy with them, but in my free time, I love to read, travel, um, I like going to our local theater, I mean, I like going to all kinds of theater, but um, I actually just got back from a trip to Mexico, so I, um, it's nice that we're able to travel again, because I do love traveling, so that's a little bit about me. I love that. Do you have a favorite play or musical that comes to mind? Uh, let me think. I mean, I used to go to New York a lot on business and I would usually be there and, and our office in New York was uh, on uh, 42nd Street. We actually are building overlooked the ball in, in Times Square. And I don't know why it took me so long to figure this out, but I'm like in the middle of the theater district. And I finally started just getting like half price tickets every time I went. And I'm just trying to think like I saw um, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Death of a Salesman. That was really cool. But probably like the funnest uh, play that I saw in New York um, was How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying with Daniel Radcliffe, otherwise known as Harry Potter, um, in the lead role. And that was I felt like that was such a special thing because I love Harry Potter. And that was a really fun fun show too yeah yeah that's epic that's a play sounds like a motivational it's a musical yeah it's a musical um it's a funny musical gotcha that's awesome that's awesome well tell us a little bit more about your motivation what gets you up and keeps you going as a coach and just in your everyday life you know my whole life i just really liked to help people solve problems um i i'm a problem solver as a marketer that's what you do, you know, you're like, okay, what are we trying to achieve? And then you come up with strategies and, and execute on them to make them happen. And I love doing that. I love being creative. I love coming up with ideas and making them happen. That's honestly what gets me up every day. Um, but in my current uh, profession, really the most exciting thing for me that keeps me going in this profession is um, meeting with people who are discouraged and they feel like they're never going to get the things they want, you know, because they tried, they tried a lot, you know, I work with really smart and, and actually successful people, but 
I, I say I work with people that are successful but not satisfied because they're paying a really high price for their success. And to help them be able to see their world and their surroundings in a different way and then have that aha moment like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. I'm going to try that. And guess what? It worked. There's nothing better, honestly. That's my drug. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. And we are very similar. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know. We, we figured it out right off the bat here. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, tell us a bit about your dreams, goals, and vision for your life, your coaching business, and yeah. Uh, you know, I want to keep, you know, connecting with people on this very um, real level and, you know, just help more people. I've started to get into working with corporations. I mentioned to you before we hit record that um, I did a, a workshop for a company yesterday to it's it's actually to help people begin to understand themselves better, to understand their strengths, but also um, understand some of like their dark side. So like understand their strengths so that they have the confidence to step up and share the things that they see and to give fully at work, but also to understand where maybe when I say the dark side, where they may be keeping other people from stepping up and sharing their full potential. Um, so I want to do more of that kind of thing because you know, the impact that I can have with an individual, it's great. I, I love it. It's so fulfilling. But I want to be able to help transform the way that organizations operate so that, you know, when people go to work, they feel needed, they feel valued, and that organizations make it safe for people to show up and, you know, give everything that they have to give. Because there's a lot of people that are, you know, hiding they're not they're not showing up because they feel they don't feel valued and they and they're afraid that if they you know step up and say what they see or whatever that th it's not going to be accepted or they'll be rejected or you know it's funny because sometimes even in coaching i'll ask people you know like what's the worst thing that could happen in a situation and they'll say well i could be fired and that that's rare uh, you know for people just to like take a chance and be fired. Um, but yet that fear and other fears keep us from showing up fully. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, fear is like the biggest deterrent in our life. Yeah, exactly. And I, and actually, I mean, I think, I think a lot of fears are, you know, they're self-imposed um, that a lot of times the <clears throat> the risk that we fear is, not as great as what we think it is, you know, and I, and I see it all the time as a coach, you know, cause people will, they won't, well, first of all, maybe they don't think of trying something, but then when we talk about them trying something new in their situation to try to get a di different result, a lot of times there's a lot of fear, like, oh, what if this happens? Or what if they say this? Or what if I'm embarrassed? What, whatever, like all of the things we fear. And then they try it and they're like, oh my gosh, that works so great. I wish I would, I wish I would have done that earlier. <laughs> um, so I, I see it all the time. Like, what do they say? What did uh, FDR say? Like, we have nothing to fear, but fear itself. Yeah, it's true. It's true. No, exactly. I, I completely agree. And so you want to focus more on transforming the organizations. Are you going to do that by working with leadership, working with the employees, both? Well, the, the beauty about um, the platform that I have is that 
it starts off with this assessment and I talked to you about it uh, real briefly before we hit record. It's called the five voices and um, it helps people to understand their unique way of seeing the world um, because there's there's five voices. I can go through them really quickly. It's um, connector, creator, uh, pioneer, guardian, and nurturer. And depending on what your first voice is, we have all five voices, but there are some voices that we like to use more than others. Like my first two voices are connector and creator. And those are both very future oriented voices. But like say, for example, a nurturer or a guardian, they're very present oriented voices. And so the way that we see the world is very unique to us. And a lot of times when we have conflicts um, or there's misunderstandings, it's probably because you've come up against somebody who sees the world differently. But yet when you have conflict, you think, why don't, you know, I see it this way. Why don't they see it this way? Um, so anyway, like with the organizations, it's like everybody gets to take the assessment and they start to understand who they are and how they see the world, but also how people around them see the world so that they can start to understand other people's motivation, maybe why they're doing the things that they're doing, you know, you know, uh, newsflash, they're not doing it to irritate you, <laughs> you know, that which uh, believe me, a lot of people think that they're like, why are they doing this? Why are they torturing me? And I'm like, they're not, you know, they're just being themselves. Um, and the reason that they're doing the things that they're doing makes sense to them. It doesn't make sense to you because you're a different person. But anyway, you start starting with that. And then I have a lot of other uh, tools where, yeah. I can coach leadership. I, I uh, like the situation yesterday, I went in and gave a workshop for the whole department after they had taken the assessment. Um, the next step, uh, if, if this company chooses to do it, is to get on the platform that I have that, um, so it's sort of a combination of like technology-based training tools and in-person uh, training. I did it virtually, but you know, it was me giving it live and then one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching with senior leadership. So that's, uh, you know, it's, I kind of think of it as sort of like um, splicing the DNA, you know, so that the culture evolves in a positive way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Um, can you reiterate the second step after the assessment for us? So it's assessment and there's some software. Was there something in between that? Um, there, um, I, if, if companies choose to do this, like they can do the assessment for free and I'm happy to share the, the link with your listeners. Um, but for organizations, if they choose to, um, if they wanna learn more about the five voices, I have a workshop that I give that goes, it does more of a deep dive into it to educate people, not just about their own voice, but, but about all of the other voice types. And, uh, you know, it's super interesting because once you go through the training, you could look at other people and be like, oh, now I get it, right? I, I'll just give you a quick example of, you know, when I worked at the, the last bank I worked for, I was the head of marketing for one of the businesses. And in marketing, you come up with the creative ideas. A lot of times they were pretty ambitious ideas, but I had a lot of experience. I knew we could, we could do them. And sometimes I would be proposing something to a leader and they would look at me like I was kind of crazy. And what I understand now is that as somebody who um, I'm a connector first, but my second voice is creative, 
creatives can see pretty far into the future because we're idea people. We imagine things that haven't happened yet. And so for somebody who might be a guardian who's very present oriented, who's very concerned about, you know, honoring the past, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, that kind of attitude. Somebody who's like looking far into the future and coming back with these cockamamie ideas, that's threatening. That's threatening to them. And so then they would, I always remember them looking at me like I had three heads, like they couldn't believe that I was saying these things. Um, And then I'd get, I would feel like they were so skeptical and they were like, asking me 20 questions and being really critical. And now I understand it's just because they had a different personality type, right? That they're, it it did feel a little threatening to them to have somebody come in and and propose something that was radical, even if it might work, because they're kind of like, well, what's wrong with what we're doing now, right? And, you know, what what you're talking about could be risky, you know, but any change is going to be risky, right? I, I was comfortable with that because of my future-oriented way of seeing the world, but they weren't because they were very present-oriented and also honoring the past. And so now I understand it. I wish that I had understood, I wish I knew this stuff back when I was working in corporate. I mean, maybe I knew it on a intuitive level, but I didn't have the tools to be able to like really look at it and understand it fully. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Are there any other dreams or goals that you want to chat about? Um, you know, well, um, no, I mean, I think that, um, to have that impact on more people's lives, that's what I'm all about. You know, I'm going into the second, um, season of my podcast also, um, my podcast is called Marketing Mambo and, um, you know, I'm just excited to, to continue to evolve that. And I'm getting a little more um, strategic in the way that I'm looking at it too. So just, I just like to keep learning and growing and and connecting with people and hopefully making a positive difference in people's lives. Yeah. Tell us how the podcast works. Is it you solo? Are you connecting with other guests? What do you guys talk about? I always have a guest. Um, My podcast is called Marketing Mambo. And uh, you know, my tagline is, um, where I cha-cha chat with marketing movers and shakers from around the world. So um, everybody that I've talked to has something to do with marketing. I've, I've talked with marketing leaders. I've talked with uh, sales leaders because sales and marketing work closely together. I've worked with change. I've talked to change management experts because um, in marketing, a lot of times we are leading change. So anything that has to do with the field of marketing um, for for 2022, I'm going to be focusing more on talking with um, marketing leaders and probably fewer um, like vendors because I, I did have like agencies and stuff, which is awesome. But I really want to get at the heart of like some of the issues that marketing leaders are facing and um, and just learn more about about people's journeys. I, I always think it's really interesting to, you know, find out from people how they got their start in their career. Um, so it's, it's an interview show. So I always have a guest. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Sounds good. Well, if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, speaking of connectors and oh yeah, this person could help you take, it could be a type of person or a specific person. This person could help you take the next step towards transforming those organizations, continuing to connect with people on that very deep level as well as evolving your podcast, who would they be 
and how would they do it? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, it's funny because I, I know what I need and uh, I know what some of my own weaknesses are. Um, one of my big weaknesses is that I'm a big idea person. And, you know, when it comes to um, actually doing things, it's not that I can't do it. It's just that I lose focus before I finish a lot of things. And I know what I need right now is, uh, is like um, kind of a sales funnel for my website. Um, and I know that's like kind of, I even know somebody that can do it for me. So you, I think you're probably going to, um, you're probably going to um, motivate me to, to contact Jonathan after we get off this call to, to um, do it. But, um, you sounds know, like, I, sounds like you've motivated yourself. <laughs> I know you've helped to focus me a little bit. Sometimes asking those questions, it's like, uh, you know, actually it's funny because as a coach, I always say to my, my clients, like, I believe that they have the answers within them, you know, because people, I think sometimes think when you hire a coach that you're hiring a guru and I'm like, no, you actually have all your own answers inside yourself. I'm just going to help you dig them out of the like messy basement. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're down there, you know, it's, it's just among a lot of uh, like self-judgment and like societal messages and stuff. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, it's all, I personally think life is all about like finding that authentic path for yourself, right? And just doing it so you feel happy and you feel like you're being who you need to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. So somebody create the sales funnel, but we know that that's Jonathan. Is there anybody yeah. else that you could uh, meet <laughs> um, up well, take next steps? I mean, I, I'm really interested in talking particularly to female marketing leaders that have interesting backstories, you know, whether they, they came into marketing from a um, different type of background or I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm super interested in just talking to different, different kinds of people um, because I, I'm just always, I want to learn and I want to share people's journeys with others to, so that they can be encouraged and inspired. Um, you know, one of the things one of the things I did in my book was I interviewed um, 11 people about their careers because um, I think a lot of times, especially maybe early in early careers, sometimes people, they can look up at people that have been successful in their careers and be like, oh my gosh, like what was the magic formula that those people found to be successful? And as somebody in her 50s, I can tell you there's no magic formula, right? And when I talk to people that are very successful, a lot of times they have some really interesting stories, um, you know, in terms of like getting fired or being in trouble with the IRS or being sexually harassed or whatever. And they went through that to get to where they are now. You know, it, it wasn't like they just, you know, got the magic bullet and they just like hit the bullseye on the first try. Like, they fell down and they got back up and they went down the wrong path and then they backtracked and they went in a different direction. And so um, I like talking to people to hear about their, their journeys because it's, it's fun for me. I learn a lot and I think it's inspirational for other people too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you know, I've like just also being able to fight that, voice in your head that will sometimes tell you that you can't do it or you're going to fail, like continually talking to people who, A, met that voice, pushed through it, met those circumstances, pushed through it and had right. that inspirational story. It just yeah. gets in your head, gets in who you are and just helps you take those steps. Totally. Well, I, you know, 
I mean, I just don't think that there is such thing as failure. You know, it's, uh, it, it's just learning. It's just learning, right? Like, if you think about like a baby learning how to walk, do we expect an infant to just get up and start walking? No, no. you know, and also whenever they, you know, stand up and they fall down, do we say, oh my gosh, you failed at walking? No, it's all part of learning, right? And and I think that once we get to a certain level of mastery of things, we think that, oh, it's going to be smooth sailing from here on out. And, you know, if we fall on our face, we'll, you know, say to ourselves like, oh my gosh, I'm not cut out for this. It's like, no, it's just part of the process. Like you're, you're learning to walk in a new environment. And so, yeah, you're going to fall down and you're probably, you know, not going to feel good sometimes because, you know, maybe you're going to be embarrassed or you're going to be rejected, but are you going to get up and keep going? That's the question because I know in my career, I mean, it took me a long time to figure this out, um, but I actually learned a lot more from the times that were hard you know, than, than the times that were easy. I learned more from bad bosses than I learned from good bosses, right? Because I, when I was on the other side of somebody who was a horrible boss, I was like making that mental list of don't do this. It feels like crap. Don't do this. Or I had to figure out how to manage that person because, you know, they, I wasn't getting what I needed from them. So like, how do I manage the situation so that I can still be successful even if I'm working with somebody who's not giving me what I need. Um, and that made me stronger, you know? So just got to keep going and don't judge yourself. You know, even when other people are judging, you try not to um, internalize it, you know, because people got, pe people have all their own reasons for thinking and doing the things that they do. And, and so often we like take it personally, you know, it's, we don't need that. No, absolutely. I completely agree. Well, awesome. Let's jump into our thriving three now. First okay. question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Oh, my gosh. Um, that is so hard for me to do, but because I like so many different things. <laughs> but um, my favorite movie, I think, actually, see, it's hard for me to pick one because I have, I have two in mind. Are you going to? Yeah, go, go, gonna for, go for the two. Okay. Um, <laughs> The Wizard of Oz is one of my favorite movies from my, you know, just because of childhood, you know, when it went from the black and white, like, and I'm old enough where you couldn't just watch it whenever it came on once a year, right? Yeah. So it, we'd always be like, oh my God, we're going to watch The Wizard of Oz. And it went from black and white to color. I just loved it. It was just like such a, um, and then the scary, I liked being scared with the monkeys and stuff like that. And then my other um, favorite movie is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And I think it's just because like, he's so confident and that that movie's so like crazy and fun and weirdly enough i've loved that movie since it came out but i now live in the same community that cameron's house is where they had like the um sports car it's actually i could walk there from my house right now so isn't that funny i just yeah. it's weird that's really cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> well awesome what's one way you like to take care of yourself um i like to take baths with epsom salts like supposedly that helps to um, like take the toxins out of your body, but um, you know, just to be able to relax in a hot bath and like listen to a book on, on tape or something like, or audible. Um, I like doing that. I usually fall asleep. <laughs> there we go. There we go. 
And what is one action step you can take right now? One more than talking to Jonathan right after the podcast. But <laughs> what action step you can take right now to either talk to more female marketing leaders or get into more organizations so you can transform them? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that the two are related, honestly. Um, I think that what I can do is look through my LinkedIn contacts um, for people that are meeting the profile of people I'd like to um, talk to and reach out to them. Mm, so thank you, Timothy, for for putting me on the spot there, because that's good. That's, you know, a lot of times we have these ideas of stuff we know we need to do and we don't do it. So thanks for making me commit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when this comes out in March, people are going to be like, so is it done or? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be done. It's going to be done. And hopefully by that point, I'll have talked to people, had them on my podcast. Maybe we started doing business together. Um, you know, that's how it works. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay. Well, I have just a couple more questions for you. Tell okay. us a bit about the importance of consistency in your life. And for those out there who are struggling with consistency, how we can become more consistent. Yeah. Um, well, I think that, and I talk with my clients about this all the time when I'm doing executive coaching, um, the frameworks and the processes that we build can support us. You know, I think that if we, if we get up every day and we don't have consistency and we don't have process, it's like we're reinventing the wheel every single day. And I, I also talk a lot of times with my clients about zooming in and zooming out. And I think a lot of times we're so zoomed in on a particular task that we fail to see it in the bigger context. And it's important. And, you know, and a lot of times we'll say, well, this is a really important thing I'm working on and I can't, I don't have time to zoom out and look at it. They don't think about that. But I will, I will talk to people about, you know, maybe once a week, looking back at your week and like maybe giving yourself a little bit of a grade. How did it go, right? Was this a productive week? Did you do the things that you wanted to do? Um, or did you get pulled off track? And if you got pulled off of track, what might you need to do differently to get things um, more organized for the next week, right? Because um, when we don't have consistent processes and a way of approaching things, um, a lot of times, we can get pulled into the urgent, but the, not the important stuff. And we're not intentional about moving towards our goals. We're just like kind of chaotically moving around and, and we may or may not move, be moving towards our goals. And so what was the second half of the question? Um, I think you kind of answered both at the okay. same time. Okay, good, good, okay, good. Awesome, when you said uh, we can get pulled into the urgent, and not the important, I really thought you were going to take us through Stephen R. Covey's four quadrants. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I use that tool a lot in my work. And for many people, it's, um, it's very uh, eye-opening. You know, and, and a lot of times it's people that have been working for like 20 years, right? And they've never, and they're doing big, important things. And, and they're complaining about like never having enough time and, you know, having to work on the weekends and stuff and, you know, work will, work will grow to fill up your life 24 mm seven. -hmm. And, you know, it's really important to be very intentional about what you put your time and effort into, you know, and, and to 
put boundaries in place with work and to make sure that when you are investing your time and energy and work that you're you're investing it in the highest leverage parts of the business, right? Like where are you going to get the biggest impact, you know? And if, if we're just coming in and blindly doing whatever crosses our inbox that day, we're probably not really working on the most important things, you know? So it takes, takes some uh, discipline to really, like, like I said, zoom out and look at the bigger picture and say like, okay, of every place that I can invest my time and energy, where does it need to be? There we go. I love that. And the last question, well, I guess I want to follow up on that. When you're looking at, when you're first looking at those impact activities, I feel like a lot of people can feel like they are, everything they do is really impactful. So how do you go about really differentiating between like, okay, this is absolutely impactful and this is like, something that's just keeping me busy and is urgent? Well, I mean, I think that it's important to not only look at, okay, what's the biggest impact, but what resources do you have at your disposal? Because I also, I've seen a lot of people be promoted and not mentally promote themselves to the next level. So they may actually have people that they could potentially delegate to, but I, a lot of times they'll say, oh, it's just quicker for me to do it. And I'm like, that's not your job anymore. Yeah. Like delegate so that other people can learn, right? Um, but I think when it gets down to brass tacks, it's not that hard if you really think about it. Like what I used to do is like, if my boss or my boss's boss asked for something, guess what? That was at the top of my to-do list. That got done first um, because obviously I'm gonna keep my job if my boss and my boss's boss are happy, right? Like that's, and, and honestly, sometimes maybe those weren't even the most quote unquote important things, right? Like maybe that wasn't gonna move a project along, but you have to make sure that your environment is productive, right? And if my boss is unhappy or my boss's boss is unhappy, it's not gonna be a productive environment, right? Yeah. So that's, um, uh, you know, that's, that's that. But I, I think that you really do have to triage just like, you know, in a hospital emergency room, right? The person with the compound fracture is going to go ahead of the person who have a, has, you know, a scraped knee, right? Um, and you've, and sometimes maybe things are close, but you've got to make your decisions. And um, I was actually just talking with a client about this yesterday, about the, the, ur the important but not urgent versus the important and urgent. And one of the things that happens a lot of times is that when the important and not urgent aren't taken care of, they don't get taken care of until they become urgent. And so that means the person is constantly on that hamster wheel, just running and running and running. And sometimes we've got to pull back and say, you know what? I am going to put something that's somewhat urgent on the back burner so that I can build a system. You know, this is something that could be important and not urgent. I'm going to build a system that's going to keep us from having to deal with those, those urgent things all the time so that I can have more flow in the way that I work. But that really requires, like I said, zooming out and looking at the big picture and understanding how does everything interrelate and impact each other, right? Because sometimes we're just looking at something in a very disconnected way and saying, oh, I've got to get this done. Oh, here, I'll give you an example, actually. Um, I had a, a client who, who got promoted and she, um, 
she was spending a few hours each week working on this report. She had to like gather all this information from people on her team. And, you know, she would do this report to give to her boss. And uh, she finally had a conversation with her boss and her boss was like, I don't know why you're giving me that report. Um, so she's like spending all this time on something that maybe the prior boss wanted, but she had never like double checked on it. So just wasting hours per week. Yeah. And had she, and I mean, she eventually did do this. Obviously, this is how she found this out. But sometimes you have to zoom out and like start to question everything that's going on in your day, because maybe you know you can cut a step out of a process and save you time and energy. Um, you know, maybe you can think of a new way of doing things. Maybe you can, um, maybe you can negotiate to get more help. Right. There's a lot of different ways to have impact, but we've got to step back. We can't like be so in the weeds that we don't see other options for how we get uh, how we make impact. You know, an impact doesn't mean that you just do everything the same way. It's, yeah. You think about like, what's the final result that we're doing? We could do it many different ways. Yeah. In a lot of business books, success books, I hear about working in the business versus on the business. Yes, that's the e-myth, right? Absolutely. You know, and, and envisioning, like, what do you want that to be? It doesn't, um, it doesn't happen overnight. And I think that that can be really frustrating because, you know, and I, again, I see this with my coaching clients a lot where, where they'll, you know, come to a session. They'll be like, oh, you know, after our last session, I, you know, I had this plan that I was going to, you know, put my to-do list together and I was going to prioritize and, you know, by Tuesday that got thrown off um, track, but, you know, it's never going to be perfect. We have to constantly be optimizing and we have to be forgiving of ourselves when things don't go perfectly because that, that really drains a lot of energy out. Like we just have to accept that sometimes, yeah, things are going to get messed up. People are going to make mistakes. We're going to work on the wrong thing. Um, you know, our best laid plans are going to be uh, pushed aside because some crisis came up, you know, but that's just all part of it. It's part of life, right? I mean, yeah. it's just part of life. There we go. Well, awesome. I have one last question for you. It requires a bit of pretext. So you know how there are people on the planet who have a fixed mindset, aren't willing to accept help, aren't willing to accept change. Sometimes yeah. they... Uh, live their whole life like that and die like that other times yeah. they'll change and they'll get more yeah. of a growth mindset willing to accept mm -hmm. help willing to accept change yes. Yes. in your opinion what is the catalyst that causes that change well i mean you've probably heard this hopefully i'll get this this right that when the the pain of staying the cha uh, the same is greater than the pain of the fear of changing that's when it happens There's a balance. And I, I mean, I see it all the time. I've worked with a lot of people that were extremely fearful of change, but they also were in a lot of pain because of what was happening in their life in that moment. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do to reduce the perceived risk of change. You know, we can educate ourselves. We can, I, I do this a lot with people that I'm working with, but if they say they want, um, you know, if I'm working with somebody um, in job search and they're really fearful, and it, especially people that want to do something different, if they're they're a lot of times they'll start off by saying, well, I really want to do this, but here's all the reasons why I can't do it. And I, I don't believe that. I believe anything's possible, honestly. Um, and 
you can look out into the world and there's lots of people that are doing the thing that you want to do. So I'm like, go find somebody who's doing it and ask them, you know, just be like, hey, how'd you do it? What's it like doing that job? Right. That helps to reduce the risk. And not only that, a lot of times people are like, oh, you want to do this? Let me help you. Right. Send me your resume. I'll give it to my boss. Right. Like that stuff happens all the time. It's happened with many of my clients, you know, but they just have to get over that first like little hurdle of, oh, I feel silly reaching out to somebody. And what if they don't like me? And what if they, you know, but that is very rare. Actually, most of the time people will come back to me and be like, oh, my God, I was scared to call them. And then I did. And they were so nice and they were so helpful. Um, you know, most people. Well, actually, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say most people, but like if somebody's going to take your call, usually they're pretty nice. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people out there also. And I, I see this actually with like young people reaching out to older people. Like they'll feel like, oh, that person's such a big executive. Why would they ever want to talk to me? You know, I'm only 22 years old. And I'm like, because they used to be 22 years old and somebody helped them. You know, older people a lot of times want to pay it forward because they knew that they know they would not be where they are hadn't been for the people that came before them that helped them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. Terry, is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Um, well, I guess if, if anybody's interested in getting in touch with me, um, they can go to my website, which is terrybmcdougal.com. Um, and if they want to set up a, time to talk. They can do that in the calendars out there. And then um, my book is called Winning the Game of Work, Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms. And it's available on Amazon. And finally, if people want to check out Marketing Mambo, my podcast, they can go to marketingmambo.net or it's on all of the podcast platforms. So thanks for having me, Tim. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Terry had to say, make sure to reach out to her, listen to her podcast, share her podcast, shoot her a five-star review on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget us. <laughs> um, go ahead and um, yeah, reach out to her, help her with her dreams and goals. She loves being a connector. She loves getting into organizations and transforming them. So if you know any, make sure to refer them to her so she can change some lives. Also, as we always ask, send this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Perhaps some female marketing leaders that Terry needs to get in touch with. That would be fantastic. Also, awesome. yeah, shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.